Snap goes high over the head of Big Ben, all the way back to the two, to the one, and the Browns have it in the end zone, and they dive on the ball and recover it for a touchdown! Not a bad start. It's a gleam, man. There's a gleam. He's going for Landry down by the end zone. A tumbling catch for a touchdown. Touchdown, Nick Chubb. Mayfield's got the snap. Looks right, throws right, end zone. Touchdown. Anybody, it's the same old Browns. You, it's not the same old Browns. This is different. Hey, everyone. Welcome in. This is not the same old Browns podcast. I am your host, Andy Lytle, and this is episode four. And uh, I just want to say shout out to all the listeners, man. And uh, thanks for all the, again, all the awesome feedback and tuning in to last week's episode that we had with Jake Burns from the OBR. Uh, That was a hell of fun episode. Uh, Jake's a good dude. Shout out again to Jake uh, for not only coming on, he distributed, distributed the podcast or published the podcast, I should say, to his own podcast, the OBR Film Breakdown, to help get this pod out there a little bit better. So that was... uh, Thanks again for doing that, Jake. You're the man, dude. And thanks for coming on and bullshitting about all things Browns with me. A couple things real quick. Uh, shout out to uh, some of the five-star reviews we got on Apple. Thank you, guys. I Again, this thing is uh, growing already a little bit. And I just have you guys to thank for that. Seriously. Um, it really, truly means a lot. Um, let me know on letting me know on Twitter. Let me know with the uh, five-star Apple podcast reviews. We did, however... And I knew this was going to happen. It's you, you can't not. This is one thing I learned a long time ago. Not everyone is going to like you. It's, it's, it's the nature of the beast. We did get a one star review on Apple podcast. And I'd like to read this real quick to you guys. It's titled it's from pops 32. I hope you're well pops. Uh, it says the title of the review is room for improvement. And it says, I expected way more, may take a few years to get where it needs to get. Dog check, dog for life. Um, yeah, it, it's this show. How do I say this? I, I kind of, I've tried to kind of get this across to the listeners and you guys since we've started. This is definitely different. This is not the same old Browns podcast. This is different. <laughs> um you know, and it's not going to be for everyone. And that's, and, and I know that. And I know a lot of Browns fans just want to tune in to listen to an expert talk about things that they know a lot about or listen to someone that pretends to know what they're talking about. Um, I am, I, I, I'd like to think I'm a knowledgeable sports fan. I'm a knowledgeable Browns fan. But at the end of the day, I'm just a fan. I'm not an expert. Don't claim to be and never will claim to be. Um, but you know, Pops, I really do appreciate you at least giving me that feedback because all feedback is good feedback. If you want, Pops, DM me on Twitter. Let Give, give me a little bit more specific. I don't mind. I, I, I'd love to hear what you have to say. But, uh, but other than that, thank you to Big Mac, K, Pats, and Matt for your five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts. I truly appreciate that. Um, so this is episode four, and uh, last week's episode was a shit ton of fun. We're looking to have some more fun here today. Um, I've got, actually got a friend of mine uh, that I've actually met long. A lot of you guys 
A lot of people I've had on so far, I've met from Twitter. Um, I know our guest today from Twitter, but I actually met him before we even hooked up on Twitter. Um, today we have a very special guest. I love this dude. Um, he is my Hollywood Browns backers brethren. <laughs> he is a family man. He is a cancer survivor. He is a former Browns employee from 2001 to 2004. And he is a working actor today has been doing it for years you could find him in uh the latest he did was uh was just scoping his imdb page he did uh season six of bosh he had a recurring role that's an amazon original i actually dig on that show um mitchell fink my boy mitch mitch what's going on man welcome on uh appreciate you having me on uh, i just want to come out and say i'm pops 32 <laughs> 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 You know, could you imagine if I was Pop 32? Like, how great of an intro. Like, I have, Andy, I love you. It's been a long time. I have some notes. <laughs> There's some things I just want to tell you and shoot you straight. Um, just, I, I've been listening. I've got some thoughts. Wait, you, you the only thing I'm a little confused with Pop's, <laughs> Pop's one star <laughs> review is the title is Room for Improvement. <laughs> You would, I take that as, yeah, it's about two or three stars, but it's pretty good, but you could definitely improve it. No, room for improvement for Pops 32. That's one star. Lock it down. <laughs> uh, there, there's a, there's a, listen, to be fair, there's a lot of Browns podcasts. So there's a lot of like, you know, competition in the marketplace and Pops had some thoughts and, yeah, you know, rule, rule number one of anything in entertainment. And this is crazy. Oh, never read yeah. your reviews. Never. No, don't do no, it you know just, just assume everybody loves you and just keep going it's so funny because this like honestly like i no bullshit i actually appreciate him being on that person being honest oh I'll you love it I, I do i appreciate i i always say all feedback is good feedback it's funny because i do that i do the horror movie podcast dead in santa carla my co-host right. brian who's one of my best friends in the world this kind of shit would piss him off. And I just laugh because it doesn't bother me at all. Like I'm just, I'm sitting here laughing about it. Cause it's, it's, you know, it's part of the, it's like you said, it's part of the thing, man. It's, it if, you, comes if, you're with the territory. Your, if you're willing to put yourself front facing in anything, <laughs> anything, yes, be will, be willing to be like called everything in the book and be made fun of forever i mean like it just be told you're terrible at your job from the guy that's literally in a cubicle and hates his life and wants to just yell at you yes i mean i was just streaming on twitch last week and someone literally said man you have a crooked nose how did you get that from some from somebody punching you for being a racist and i'm like what i'm like what what is that <laughs> I mean, it, it comes with the territory, man. It, but Pops Thirty Two, you the real MVP, we love you. man. <laughs> we love you, Pops. The shows, Pops. This shows you, Pops. I just poured a drink tonight. This show is for you. I'm my having goodness. a kettle and soda in honor of Pops tonight. Oh my gosh! So, guys, you know, I think I think everyone has kind of realized in the first few episodes. You know, when I say this is not the same old Browns podcast, this is different. Uh, one thing that we definitely do different here and what I kind of want to create with these discussions with, with the guests we have on is I want to get to know these people a little bit. Like it was cool last week to kind of ask Jake Burns some questions that he obviously never talks about on his podcast. And pretty much I want to create that environment on this show where 
you're going to get asked shit that only you will get asked on this show. And that to me creates, it, it, it pulls back the curtain a little bit for the guests. So Mitch, I, I know you're a Cleveland native, but what part of Cleveland are you from originally, dude? I grew up in Wycliffe on the Wycliffe. east side. Okay. Yep. I was Ashton Beulah, which is not Cleveland. Okay. I was or, 50 yeah, miles. You, you, I'm not in Cleveland either. I mean, yeah. Wycliffe's not Cleveland. It's, it's Lake it's, County. It's all north. Yeah. I was I was in Ashtabula County, which is the next county. I was honestly probably 45 miles down I-90 from you. Something like that. At least. Yeah. yeah. I mean, but you live in LA. Like, you know the deal. Like, you meet yeah. somebody like, oh, where are you from? I'm from Cleveland. And you go, okay, which part? Yes. And then they immediately get, it's east side, west side, which yes. is like the line of demarcation <laughs> of who you are as a person. And like, like it's literally like, oh, east sider. Oh, west side. I mean, it's just such a thing, right? Yes. And then you're like, oh, I grew up on the east side. Oh, what part? Like, like, oh, do you know the area? I'm like, I'm not asking you because I don't know the area. The area. <laughs> I'm asking you because I know where the area is. You know, I mean, look at my brothers in Manor. My parents are now in oh, yeah. Willoughby. Like, you know, oh, yeah. you just, That's super close to where I grew up. I used to go to the yeah, Manor Mall oh, yeah. all the time. Oh, yeah. Who didn't? Yeah, Scott. Oh, yeah. Get your get your yeah. Z Cavaricis on and walk around the Manor Mall and Absolutely. food court and all that stuff. Yeah. Absolutely. So I was... I was stocking up on you the last couple of days, buddy. All right. Sorry, so, buddy. It's boring. Uh, yeah. <laughs> pull, a, pull a full fucking background check and everything. <laughs> um, oh, that was you. Okay. No, yeah, that was I. Um, all my like all my all my alerts were <laughs> popping off. I was like, who the fuck's looking me up? But I was um I know you you've always been a Browns fan, obviously, right? When 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 did Ever. the when when did the Browns fandom and Cleveland sports fandom kind of start for you? <sighs> Young age, like me. I mean, Bernie, right? Like 85, yeah. 86, probably yeah. in there. I mean, I'm 10, I I'm mm-hmm. 10, 11 ish that way. I remember I was in my buddy uh Dave's house watching, you know, watching those games, the Bronco games that just gutted you, like watching yeah. those games with him. Sure. And a bunch of other friends and just being like, you know, the camaraderie of that. And, and um, I, you know, stupidly, and I have the ticket somewhere. I was at the last home game. I was at that playoff game against the Patriots in 95. Oh, hell yeah. I, and, and you remember, and this is what's crazy about the old stadium and people like, it's just hard to tell this to somebody that doesn't kind of get the current market of scalping tickets and sure. how expensive stuff gets is like, it was the day before and we were all home from college. We were all like freshmen or sophomores in college. And my buddy was like, let's go to the Browns game. And we just went and they were like $45. We sat on like the 40 yard line way underneath, like near a pole, <laughs> you know, not knowing that was it. Yeah. You know, that was the last time until literally this year that it would, they, they'd win another playoff game. Yeah. Well, did we know. Holy oh, fuck. Well, if I had known, I would have really enjoyed it. No, that. my God. You know, it's funny because I was at the the last game at the end of the 95 season when, you know, before they moved to Baltimore. And that was like a right. tenant a fucking oh. funeral, man. My I goodness. Oh, uh, yeah. I was I was 14 at the time. Yeah, that was uh man. That was I had never seen I had never been <laughs> in one place. With so many grown men crying. crying. It, it was yeah. insane. Uh, I mean, it was. It was a fucking funeral. There's no other. People go, I've, I've actually been asked that before. What's the what's the most memorable sporting event you've ever been to? And the answer is the same thing every time. And it will be for as long as I live. I think, I, I guess, unless I see the Browns win the Super Bowl in person, I suppose. 
But yeah, it's that game, the last regular season game at Cleveland Municipal Stadium and the Cleveland Browns when they moved to Baltimore. Yeah. Yeah. I guess the the anniversary was a couple days ago when they moved. Is that what it was? Yeah. When they announced the move. Yeah. I just, I, I just remember being so it's hard to explain to people. And and this is the the hard thing about Brown's fandom, right? That people don't get, like, I always explain to people like, Oh, the Brown, fuck the Brown. You know, we, we, we met at the bar. Yeah. Right. We did. We are in Los Angeles, man. We are 3000 miles away from Cleveland, Ohio Mm -hmm. in a bar. (laughs) And again, listen, like people have to kind of wrap their head around it. It's 10 o'clock in the morning, bro. Yeah. Not like one o'clock, four o'clock. It's 10 o'clock in the morning. And you're rolling in there at 930 oh, yeah. to get a seat at the bar. They are terrible. You are hoping to God they don't get blown out. And there are a hundred people in the bar. It's insane. It's from what, Cleveland. I, I know. Like, like it was one of the most like one of the most magical, like all these people from Akron and Canton and Columbus and Cleveland and Tulip yep. in 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 Los Angeles. Yes, the Hollywood Browns Backers Bar at St. Felix Hollywood. Owner, shout out uh, John Araki. You're the man, dude. The man. Uh, yeah, good dude. Uh, we had a blast at the Hollywood Browns Backers Bar. I think I first met you there. I want to say it was the 2013 season. I want to say that that's about when it was. I think that's about right, yeah. Yes, I want right. to. Well, you know what's funny is <laughs> one of the most <laughs> distinct memories I have of you. Um, oh, boy. Yeah, no, it's you were dead on right too because I was with you, but I kind of just got sucked into the moment a little bit. Yeah, that whole it was the 2014 draft. Mandel, brother, like I was so mad. You were so. I was like, I was like, anybody but him, anybody but him. Let me paint this picture. It was so. It's so (laughs) funny because. Me, myself, and Twitter, my, my Twitter receipts will back this up. All my friends, all my friends know this is how I felt for months, man. I wanted, I didn't want anything to do with Johnny Manziel, especially at like number four, because they were originally picking at four, I believe, if I remember it correctly. And like, even like Mel Kuyper had Johnny mocked at one to Houston. I'm like, no, please, please, please. Well, the draft plays out. We, we, we take fucking Justin Gilbert. Um, <laughs> well, you know, by the way, time, time out before you color this, cause this is a great story Yeah. before you color this, do you know how lucky that dude is? That he was like, yes! he was like, cause if not, he's the biggest bust in Brown's history, not Manziel. Manziel literally covered, he like literally covered so I much. Know. Like that dude is like selling insurance in like Omaha or something. Like, oh. what is he doing? The, the Like, f- where is he? The fact that of that draft that Johnny Manziel in all actuality was not the biggest bust is, is fucking insane. That pretty much, that's how, that's all you need to know is how, of how dysfunctional and how fucked up that entire, entire many, organization was. And how many people were there? Oh, there dude, were like 200 people in the bar. Dude, like, it was packed on every pick waiting for the Browns because it was like oh we had two picks there's like all these quarterbacks and Derek Carr Bridgewater it's like yeah it was a big draft dude so I'm so going into this draft as you were I wanted nothing I didn't want anything to do with Johnny Manziel right so next thing you know we're up at 22 (laughs) (laughs) and 
I could just, I could just tell the buzz. I knew it was coming. It was I, coming. Man. I knew it was coming. And like pretty much every other Cleveland associated bar across the country, when his name was called, there was a huge eruption in our bar of a jumping around and excitement. And I met, I'll never forget. I was standing next to my buddy, Matt, and I, I just look over at you and you've got your ball cap on. You're slapping it on the table. You're shaking your fucking head the way you are right now. You were so, so mad. Disgusted. Uh, you were dude, so- I, I look look what I do for a living. I'm around nothing but bullshit artists. Like that is literally <laughs> the king of bullshit artists, right? Like, like you can see it a mile away. I, I could just oh. tell how upset you were. Oh. And I wasn't happy, but in the moment, I, all I, I think what I, I think I even walked over and said, well, at least it was at 22, bro. And not four. <laughs> at least it was at 22 and not four. Cause I'm like, I even like at that moment in that night, I kind of even talked myself into it. Well, because at the end of the day, I'm supposed to trust who's making these decisions. So Who was that was that Ray Farmer? Farmer right? that was Farmer. Well, Ray Farmer, a lot of sweat on Ray yeah, Farmer. Yeah, and all face it, Jimmy made that pick. I, I I will go to my grave. Everything I've heard through the grapevine. Oh, it's Jimmy. It's- Jimmy made that pick. Uh, the or a homeless man helped him make it. What's <laughs> But I'll never forget it, man. That's one of my memories of you. You were so I, livid. It was so – you know how hard it was to be a Browns fan for those couple of years? Because, oh. like, you just – I have a buddy of mine. To give you to give you some sort of, like, <laughs> frame of reference. Like, I have a good friend of mine who's out here. I met him through the industry. Great guy. He's a huge Steelers fan, right? Yeah. And he and I talk all the time. Like we, you know, it's like we talk. I talk to him once a week for what seven months during the football season. Sure. And that's really all I talk about. We have kids now. We talk about kids. We talk a little bit about family, but we always talk. And he's like, I cannot wait for for Ben to retire. That stupid piece of shit. He's like, <laughs> it's so hard to be a Steelers fan. He goes, Do you know how hard it is to root for your team when you absolutely hate the fucking quarterback. Uh, and that's that's how I like that feeling, yeah. and I like that's why I love a I love my friend because he's like completely honest. He's like the Steelers are dope, their team is great, the franchise is like winning like until yeah. they fall off the cliff right now. Sure, but he's like, you know how hard it is to like turn on the television and go to a bar or like go meet your buddies and watch a game and just absolutely fucking hate your quarterback. Like that was I, literally 2014 and 15. Oh, it was brutal, and it it, it was it was man. That was a weird year too, because Hort we, we were playing well. They were seven and four, if I'm remembering correctly. Uh, that was the year, buddy. That it, was the year that you became famous. Like <laughs> they're not the same fucking Browns. It birthed this podcast. And there it is. Here we are, right? <laughs> not the I mean, same like, old Browns. Fuck you. You're like you're like a bucket of Miller lights in on the oh, street. God. Of, you're on. You're on Coanga Boulevard, just yelling into a camera. This is not the same old Browns. <sighs> oh, I tell you this, I cannot drink quite like that anymore. Um nobody can, buddy. That was God damn. Yeah, I would I would I would plop my ass down. The bartender Jay, who was sweet as can be, she she would usually be working. She'd give me I'd I'd order a bloody tall one of their special because uh St. Felix had some really bomb bloody Marys. And they're the best. They were very good. They are very good. And they I would the best, so. they are they're delicious. And I would have one of those and I'd order my first bucket 
And then I'd order a second bucket. And then I got my buddy Matt over here just firing me shots of Jameson like it's nobody's business. Then if he buys a couple, I got to at least buy one. I can't be that guy. And then so to make it that that day. Do you remember which game that was? Tennessee. Yeah, it was the Tennessee game where we came back from 28 We came back like 28, yeah. Like, yeah, 28-3. It was the largest yeah. comeback, uh, NFL comeback on the road. Yeah, on, on, on the road. Yeah, on the road in history. Yeah. And I think that day it was, gosh, I can't drink like this anymore. Uh, it was at least two buckets, probably a little more. I want to, can we, <laughs> while your listeners are doing this, let's, Let's just quantify what two buckets are. What like ten beers? No, beers? no, yeah, ten like beers. Eight. Yeah, yeah, ten five, beers. Okay, so five, so, five, so you're twenty beers in. It's one o'clock in the afternoon. You started at like ten o'clock in the morning. That's what people don't get. <laughs> like it's the best. Like West Coast football is the best, right? It like is. there's not nobody's judging it. Like it's no. like I wake up like my wife, the most amazing human being walks face it. She a puts up with me. Yeah. He, Give her credit like, for but that. she, but she gets the Browns thing. She gets it. That's like she's awesome. like, look, like you do your thing. Like you know, you give me space during the week to do my stuff. Like Sunday morning, ten to one, one thirty. Do you, babe? I'll take, I'll, I'll take, I'll take our daughter out, and you know, you just enjoy the game. Or if she's home, I'll keep her in the room or whatever the time yeah, of the game is. Like we sure. kind of schedule. It's ten o'clock in the morning. Dude, like when I like when I would go to so the bar good. and I was and I was with her, like we'd have a couple, we'd have some breakfast, and then we'd have a couple of drinks. We 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 you know lift or Uber home, yep. and a little bit of afternoon buzz in the middle of the day on a Sunday yeah. at like one o'clock. You're home. You're like, let me take a nap because it, <laughs> exactly, it's the best. Like people it don't is. get that, but you were really like you were into it that day. Oh, you know, I was. That was I, a, but that I, game was sick because I was. I remember it was. It was outrageous. Like that bar was crazy. Could couldn't believe what I had witnessed. And you're right. The, like every Cleveland bar and every Cleveland fan in the country and the world at that during that game. I mean, it was it was bonkers because we had never really seen anything like that. Like you, I mean, we're down 28-3. It's just you know, it's, all right, n- another another fucking shitty brown. <laughs> here we go. Here comes here here comes the foot in your ass for the rest of the season, right? And like, here yeah. here comes Captain Comeback Hoyer. Um, yeah, I was, I, I'm even surprised I was able to give that interview that day. Um, considering you're that pro- I probably had you're a professional, I, I, I do you're what professional. I, I do what I can. Cause I was probably, it was probably like mm, 12 to 15 beers two one or two bloody Marys and probably like five or six shots of Jameson. I was pretty it was yeah in in a four hour span mind you <laughs> before noon by the way before <laughs> yeah. noon i tell that to people all the time i feel bad because for people on the east coast a little bit that never get to experience the pacific coast start times for nfl nothing football. like it oh it's nothing the best like kegs and eggs dude it's the you best think, you you want to top it off come visit me in la when they do the london games and they kick off at 6 30 like they will wake up and literally have coffee with football it's, it's all day. A, it's beautiful. And then it's over. It's yeah. over at 8.30. And you're like, I'm just going to go to bed like it's a normal day. Day. It's amazing. Yeah, the Monday Night Football don't get, doesn't get over at midnight, 12.30, 1 o'clock in the morning anymore for us. Oh, yeah, Pacific Pacific Coast time slots for football. Oh, my gosh. It's the best. Well, sports is in, it's amazing. <laughs> so I want I got I to gotta talk about this a little bit. 
Mm-hmm. So you worked for the Browns from 01 to 04, right? I did. Okay. What did you, and that was, you, you were there for the entire Butch Davis era. I was there. I was there for the only playoff game until this past year. Yes, you were. And which was in 02. I was in, I was in, I was in Pittsburgh. Uh, when they lost, I was there. Uh, Renegade, the whole thing. I was there. Sure. Like, so to, to back, to backstory this a little bit. Um, so I played baseball in college. Yes. And where'd you play in college? Uh, I started at Kent state and then I finished at Ashland. Right on, right on. And as a baseball player, I made out to be a pretty good actor. Like, I mean, it was just like, I, w- I, I could hit honest to God. Like I was literally nuke Lelouch, but I was a catcher. Like I didn't know where the, Oh, you were a catcher. Right on. I, was I, was, good, I didn't know where, I, was that, I didn't know where that was player growing up. I was, I was were a football player. Yeah. yeah, yeah I, mean, I was, you know, and in hindsight, like I didn't love it, but it was a great way. And the guys I met were awesome, but like you're working in sports. You know, like sports are cool. Like I dig it. I wanted to be, and, and some of your listeners may get this, some of your some of you guys won't, but like I wanted to be Jerry Maguire. Sure. Okay. So I wanted to be an agent or work for a team or be in a front office dealing with like high end stuff. I wanted to Got be it. Jerry Maguire. Great movie, so, by the way. <laughs> amazing film. Yeah, it is. Um, Cameron Crowe, man, big fan. Amazing, right? Yeah. I get out. I, I go to grad school uh, for sports management at West Virginia. I work in their athletic department as an assistant director of marketing. I'm doing all this cool stuff. I'm meeting really great people. I interned for this organization in Cleveland called NACTA, which is still there. They're in Westlake. These people are still friends of mine. Like I love them. Um, I get out to get a job with an agency. I am negotiating contracts for Miller Lite sports properties i was in meetings with like i was with miller light in the agency when we negotiated the cowboys deal in like 2000 and okay. 99 2000 like like i was like doing like you're in these rooms i mean you're not doing anything really but you're sure. in these rooms like you're putting yeah. together information you're at you're you're, you're at I'm the there. table like i'm you're at the table happening like <laughs> yes. i'm meeting people my first my first job my first assignment out of grad school with this agency was I had to go to the Super Bowl in Atlanta. The Ray Lewis killed somebody. Um, that Super Bowl. And the, 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 the Titans Rams game, like in this, I was there. Yes. And I was like, this is how, I mean, I'm meeting people, whatever else. I'm working for that agency and I get it. We have a client at the agency who wanted to do something in the NFL and they were like, hey, can you help us with this? And I was like, yeah, sure they're trying to do a deal with the Browns and I was like a really good contract sort of language negotiator sure. whatever yeah you were you so were the Sashi Brown of Miller Lite <laughs> <laughs> on a very I want to be clear on a yes. very very I was very, very young like, but I mean yes I, I, I did a lot of the grunt work so that the Sashi Brown could take credit for not there you go the facts. there you go so but I I would do all this work and in the conversation, I talked to this guy that worked for the Browns. And he was like, hey, you know, I'm like, I'm from Cleveland, hitting it off. He's like, next time you're in town, give me a call. So I'm home for the holidays. And we sit down in his office in Berea. He's like, would you ever want to work for a team? And I was like, yeah, I'm not really sure. Called and literally talked for a few months and literally was like, do you want to work for the Browns? 
Wow. I was like, you know, and as a kid from Cleveland, it's so yeah. hard to say no to that, right? Like, I mean, even even if I it, like, it wasn't, yeah, nobody would. No. And, and so I went, so I went back and I worked in the front office. I mean, I was on the business side of things. I wasn't on the player side, sure. um, but I got to I got to know a lot of guys from the player side and learned a lot about what they did. I would sit in like, you know, sessions that I could like be in. I, I remember like, you know, you got to remember like that was Butch. Yeah. Todd Bowles. Yeah. Chuck Pagano. Uh, who's the head coach of Colorado now? What's his name? Oh, um, or, 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 or Michigan State. God, he's at Michigan State now. Michigan State. Um, um, God, God. Yeah, I know, I know who you're talking about, I'm too. I'm going to look it Dude, up. Dude, I, I, I'm not going to lie. I, I've always been a huge college football fan. But the, the this past year, I just checked out. I checked uh, out. It was a, it was a, it was, it was a, they should, it was a jazz. <laughs> I, I think, I think it was Mel, Mel Tucker. Mel, Mel Tucker. Was there. there you go. Yes. Mel Tucker. Like, this was the staff. And like, I remember, I remember like those guys were, you know, I'm it was 20 years ago. They were young. Sure. Right. Like they were, and like, you know, you'd be at lunch with like Chuck Pagano. Yeah. Todd Bowles. Nice. And you'd get to kind of communicate with these guys and you get to kind of have these conversations and like learn their language you, in a sense, probably. Yeah. A bit. And like you were kind of a part of this really weird fraternity and it was such a cool experience. Um, but that was the job that, so to say I wanted to be Jerry Maguire, that was the job that told me, oh, you don't want to be Jerry Maguire. You want to play Jerry Maguire. <laughs> there you go. And I remember I had a guy, a buddy of mine who worked for the Browns named Jameer Howerton. He's now works for the Hall of Fame. Okay. He is an, he is an amazing dude. You should get him on this podcast. He's the best. Right I will on. literally connect you guys. I will connect you guys on, on, on Twitter. He, he was like a, a child dancer or actor in New York. And he and I just hit it off and we would talk. And he was like low-key doing like plays on the side in Cleveland. Sure. And I'd come watch him. I was like, man, I did some stuff in high school. And, you know, that's how I, you know, ended up kind of getting into it back in Cleveland. But, like, yeah, I worked there. I mean, it was, you know, you're in your boss's office and you're sitting there and Carmen walks in. Carmen Policy walks in. Yeah. Dwight Clark walks in. And you're – it's such a surreal – weird. it's such a weird thing. Yeah, no, I can see it. You know, it's in been... hindsight, you know, 20, 25 <laughs> years later to go, that's, that's crazy. Yeah. Like – it is, you know, because you were young. I mean, shit, you were in your twenties at this point, right? Twenty six, twenty seven. I yeah. was one of the youngest like directors of sales in the NFL at the time. Like, I mean, I was good at you know not to be whatever, but I was good at what I did, and and I hustled, and you know, probably you know I'll kick my coverage a little bit to be honest. Like, I wasn't really ready sure. for that job, but I mean, you know, game day, one of the best. I mean, I was there, like. I was there at Bottlegate. I was on the fucking field. field. Like I was there, man. Like, you know, like, like you got to understand, like when people talk about Bottlegate, I can remember I'm standing in the tunnel that the referees ran in because we had passes to be able to walk anywhere. Right. You you couldn't be on the field during (laughs) the game. Okay. That was the rule. Got it. Like, because, you know, the NFL is really uptight about who's on the field and what it looks like. Yeah. But you couldn't. Andy, (laughs) like, I'm in the tunnel, bro. (laughs) 
<laughs> like, it, like it's happening like over top of me. <laughs> that man. And like the greatest <laughs> thing about the greatest thing about that job to this day, to this day, I've always told me what's the, like, what's the best thing. I'm like having access to the facility. Like I used to get up, I live downtown. I used to get up and drive in and I would literally like, you know, key card myself into the stadium and I'd work out in the stadium gym in the morning. Take yeah. a shower, go to work. Like my office was in the stadium. Like I had one in Berea, but I was not in the, you know, in the stadium most often. Right on. And, but as a, you know, working for the team, you had a lot of responsibility. And on game day, everybody kind of chipped in and helped out with operation. So, one of the things that we did, like, we would be my boss at the time, and I would be responsible for, you know during the Super Bowl, the guy that like has the headphones on and like puts his che- hand on the chest of the player and says like, okay, you can't go yet until they call your name. Yes. Andy Lytle. Like, okay, you go. Okay. So we were those guys in the visitor side. Oh, and again, shit. Like, regular season, like regular season game players are like, ah, get the fuck away. Fuck out of like, here. Whatever. Right. <laughs> so we were, we were playing the chargers and marcellus wiley played for the chargers at the time and first of all like you're in the tunnel so that's how we used to close deals we used to get people really close we'd bring them in and we'd put them in a tunnel pregame and just like stay against the wall and they'd be like literally think brett Favre walk out or yeah like, you know, super like, cool whoever yeah and so we believe you responsible we we were the guys that would like literally be like okay go like we got on headphones. Like, okay, I go. love yeah. I love on game day that like the sales guys were basically tunnel security. <laughs> it's so it was such a like, but it's like all it's, like it's, it's all so a mess. Like, it's like the most organized. Like like yeah. they were down to the second. They're like, hey you, hey you guy who does something totally different, go yeah. do this. You hey know? director of sales, I need you to go bounce the tunnel down an hour before <laughs> kickoff. <laughs> like you know, so you're down there. <laughs> And like, I remember like, you know, we'd have to get dressed up on game days. <laughs> like, we'd have to get dressed up like, and I'm in the tunnel, I'm wearing a suit and like, you know, we're kind of like doing the thing, like going through and they're announcing the defense for the, for the chargers and Wiley played for the chargers. Right. And he's all like, and these dudes are so big. Like people yeah, like that. Massive. Sucks. I'm like, that dude's amazing. And I would never talk trash about that dude in front of him. But they're gigantic. Yes, like they're just like, nobody understands the size of it. They look like I mean they're professional wrestlers in in a, in a sense. I mean they're, they're nobody, that they're that every, big. Everybody should have to see an NFL game on the sideline for ten minutes and be like, yeah, I'm never going to talk trash about an NFL player again. Like that is ridiculous what those guys do. Yeah, no doubt. And Marcellus Marcellus Wiley's coming through, and he's all in the game focus. We're getting ready to kind of like introduce him. And he looks at me and he goes, "What's up, man?" I was like, yo, he goes, that's a nice suit, bro. <laughs> he literally <laughs> ran on the field. And to this day, I just remember being like, he was so focused and then like checked over for a second. Like, damn, that motherfucker got a nice suit on. <laughs> nice suit, bro. And he literally ran on the field and then like, you know, then played the game and whatever. And, but that was like the, the stuff that we got to do. And we got to know the players and you got to like, there were guys that you'd like connect with. Sure. And, you know, you'd see him at, you'd see him in the, the cafeteria, like you were in the facility and you were there. Like it was just, it was such a cool gig. And like, in hindsight, I go, is it 
do I regret getting out of it? Because where would you be today? But then, like, it's more fun being a fan, to be honest. Yeah. Oh, I could see that. 100. Yeah. No, I, I could totally yeah. understand that. I mean, considering you were there from 01 to 04, it's actually not one. You were at, it's so crazy. Okay. Let's see. In 2001, seven and nine. 2002, mm-hmm. nine and seven made the playoffs. Playoffs. So, Yes, beat Atlanta to clinch. That was a that was a hell of a uh, 2003 five and eleven, and then 2004 is the the wheels came off four and twelve, and Butch gets fired. I think Butch got fired in like week eight. Didn't didn't I left? Or... I left before the year ended. You I left, left before... like right. I left right right before he got. Fired. So what? What? It wasn't a. It was it a Jerry Maguire moment, and Butch was like, "Who's coming with me?" And you just went out the door with him. Is that how it went? <laughs> I went with Butch, and here I. I went with Butch. Look, look at how good I got here when Butch got here, and I'm leaving. I'm going with you, bud. I'm going with Butch. Like that definitely didn't happen because Butch was not, not super social. Yeah, that was a. Yeah, he. You know what's ego, uh, bro? You couldn't fit like you think people get Hugh Jackson a lot of shit, like, and and rightfully so. But like, man, like, Butch. But you gotta be. I think to be that guy, you have yeah. to have like like. You've got to have some type of mentality or mindset like that. Butch is on. See, it's a shame because Butch, in reality, right, probably is. Well, before Kevin Stefanski showed up, the second well, best coach. Yeah, he's the best. Probably the you know behind. I would. I got to give it to Stefanski now. But I mean, literally, our best coach since '99. But when he followed by Mike Pettin, if you want to be honest about, records, yeah, I mean, insane to say that out loud. It is. It's fucking true. Um, but Butch's undoing was when they got rid of Dwight Clark, they didn't hire a general manager and they were, Butch was making the picks. Yep. And that was, that's what did him in. He was a great coach on Sunday. I mean, he was a fine coach, good coach. I mean, he was successful as a D coordinator with the Cowboys. He won a national title. At, I think he won a national title at Miami. He won he? National, yeah. No, no. You know what? He left. I think Coker got it. Yeah. Coker, you're team. right. He got yeah, it. He built the right. team and Coker got yeah. Yes, because Coker won it the next year. You're right. But like he was successful everywhere he went. And he just he couldn't just stay out of his own way. He kind of fell in the same trap John Dorsey did to a certain extent. But think about but think about those staffs. Like that's the thing. Oh, he had want. a great staff, they, bro. They, but it goes back to like I said this to a friend of mine uh in a in a group text the other day, like go back to two thousand and four or five whenever l learner died yeah and they gave the team to randy yeah and randy was like literally the bumbling son that you don't want touching anything yeah and, and it was obvious randy didn't want to do it yeah i mean it was no. he didn't it's so now <laughs> so now think about the houston Texans. yeah it's the same exact thing. Same fucking thing is going on. They are they are standing on the precipice of absolute doom. Oh, it's because you you because you have you have an owner who's a son who doesn't know what the hell he's doing. Yo. And was gifted and was gifted this amazing opportunity. Oh yeah. And has no idea what he's doing. <laughs> and literally you could be in 15 years of absolute turmoil. It, it might happen. I mean, they 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 made the same mistakes that uh, the organization made back when you were there by letting Bill O'Brien, 
you know, be the GM as well. It's like, I don't know, man. Not everyone can be Bill, Bill Belichick. I don't know what memo <laughs> I've got to send to all these NFL head coaches. I get it. I get it. It's like Bill Par- Bar- Bill Parcells said a long time ago. If I'm gonna if I if I'm gonna make the cook the dinner, I want to go shopping for the groceries. I get it, but it don't always work out that way. Well, I just it's it's uh yeah that was that ten year you were there. Believe it or not, it was, it's probably seven and nine to nine and seven season, man. I mean, well, we were like we were good. Like I remember yeah, we went to the playoffs and should have beat Pittsburgh that year. I remember being in, in the press box, like, you know, like during the, you remember the Dwayne Rudd helmet throw? Oh God. That was week one of Oh two. Right? Week one of Oh yeah. two. Like yeah. I'm there. Like this is happening. Like I'm working in the NFL. <laughs> Poor like, Dwayne this is Rudd. Amazing. Like fucking like, you know, game's over. Check my helmet. And then you see a flag. And like my boss at the time, like I remember him like going, Oh my God. No, no, no. Why is there a flag? And you could see Dwayne Rudd like freaking out. Like he, he thought he him. sacked him, man. He thought he tackled him. He and, thought he it was was down. O- and it was over. And you're like, no, I know. No. I know. Cause, cause if I remember right, uh, a lineman for the, cause it was, yeah, it was, it was Kansas city. Uh, a lineman picked it up ran it like yep. 15 yards and then there was a fucking 15 pet yard penalty for unsportsmanlike conduct tacked on yeah it never ended it was just do you do you want to know the craziest thing about that time frame <laughs> or Dwayne do you know how like that was when that like like so as a fan like people go what's oh, like to be a browns fan like you could literally like roll off 20 things that oh, happen easy that are just stupid right and that the Dwayne D- D- Rudd helmet thing that's that's the old old. That's not even like a. It's March Madness. It's yes. March Madness. That's like a like an eight seed, nine seed. That's not even like a top two seed. Oh, I know, like dude. Insane shit that happened. I know. But do you know that when I was there, and this is insane, like weird things were happening. Carmen literally had the place like done up by a voodoo doctor. Like had it like the. Like had had the stadium like defunctified or whatever the word is for, like you know, like went in there and did some sage or yeah, I'm not even like no nobody like like that was one of those things where like they kind of did it on the download and we talked about it in the office and like nobody talked about it publicly and like you know social media didn't exist but like they literally were like let's bring in like you know like a voodoo which witchcraft person like like defunctify the stadium grounds like what was on it i think cleanse would be the term it's funny because uh they've been known to do that on movie sets i remember reading an article on because the 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 poltergeist films from the 80s the first one and the second one the first one they claimed that there was a lot of weird shit going on in production of that and it's because if you remember at the end of the movie i don't know if you've ever seen the original poltergeist but yeah yeah there's all these skeletons coming up and these corpses, they used real human bones because I guess they were cheaper. That's, that's what the, that's what they said. It's so strange, right? They, they use like actual human bones. So they think that that was part of it. And then when they made Poltergeist two, I forget the gentleman's name. He was an actor, but he was a native American actor who was in Poltergeist two. They literally had him do some type of seance cleansing on the set of Poltergeist two. Yes. (laughs) Same thing. Listen, man. <laughs> like after what's happened in the last twenty plus years, like in that stadium, you're kind of like, it. 
Car- C- Carmen was on it. Like he kind of knew something was a little funky, right? Like, this house is clear. <laughs> yes, like that. So Carmen literally. What? So wait, Carmen policy went all fucking poltergeist on the Browns building facility. I love. Hey man, whatever works. Think about it. Think about it. Bottle I don't. Gate, Kansas City. Like stuff was starting to happen. <laughs> was starting to happen during those times that was like how does this not happen to like the chiefs how does this not happen to like the broncos like how does like and it was on the same grounds as a stadium yeah to this day like i hate that fucking stadium like i love the team but like that was like one of the most like ill rushed yeah rushed like it's so basic so so generic like, it's like, oh. exactly i call it a basic bitch stadium that's what it it's is so gross. it's, it's so gross and it's it's fine when you're there it's like yeah. it gets loud and stuff but like i was like oh it's so ugly but you know like think of all the stuff that was happening at the time oh, I and i remember working there like you you know you it was like palatable you like they'd lose and you'd come to work on monday and you'd be like hate my job this sucks like i gotta call people to try to close business today you know what i mean like it's just like it was just nuts man like it was just a nuts time to be but you but that was the beginning of things starting to sort of like yeah like the steelers game and like why are the browns just not like oh oh if you uh, you lose a playoff game where kelly fucking holcomb throws for 400 plus i just yeah that's the Browns, man. That is the Renegade, old Renegade, brother. But the, these Renegade. are not the same old Browns. These, these are, are not the same. No. Anybody who said the same around you are not the same, <laughs> same old fucking Browns. Browns. There's a guy, there's a guy on Twitter that said, fuck <laughs> you, not the same old Browns. <laughs> this is different. Um, <laughs> yeah. So after your Browns tenure, and I think you were kind of going there a little bit. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about your acting a little bit because I went. Don't through... do that. It's horrible. Uh, no, it. Well, you know, oh, it's great. Shy. I'm kidding. I'm joking. I, <laughs> I know you are. It's well, I get why you give a response like that, because honestly, it is a little weird. Is it a little weird for you when someone asks what you Well, it's see? It's not weird because you're in L.A., but if you were like in Chattanooga, Tennessee at a bar and someone asked you what you did. Isn't it kind of weird to say you're an actor? Because because I feel like is it a little what's that? I'm sorry. Because it's the worst, Andy. It's the yeah, worst. Because I know. What do you, what do you? Be, because they immediately what, think you're a you're an what have out you of work degenerate. <laughs> what 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 have you been in that I've seen? I don't know, fucker. IMDb me. Like I don't yeah, know. Like, yes, like, I know. I know. It's so it it because. See people and and, if, and, and and the 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 outside perception of the industry is if you're not Robert Downey Jr. Correct. or Matt Damon Correct. or whoever, you're not you're 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 waiting tables, which isn't yes. a bad thing to do, or you're doing something else and you're just like literally like it's either like you're like a super megastar or you're fucking an extra there's no in between of like yeah. you know what there's dudes that just grind out a really good living yeah absolutely i call i call them i call them it's funny you said grinding i on one of my favorite things that comes up during on my other podcast dead in santa carla which is the horror movie podcast that i co-host one of the things that comes up in that it comes up every episode because every episode we just go we just take a deep dive into a different horror movie 
is when these working grinding working character actors pop up i be i always make sure to show them extra love because i i don't think unless you've lived in la or known someone who works in the industry as an actor it's like you just said they they think if they don't if you're not at that brad pitt status that then who the fuck you know you you're not an actor bullshit <laughs> bullshit 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 it's funny i was watching your demo reel today oh god i'm sorry you know it's it was cool one thing i caught and i know who i knew who he was right away uh, a lot of lists like r- r- there was a scene i think it was from the show luck you played a physician mm-hmm. you did a scene with one of my favorite uh working characters richard actors, kind richard kind now no, i'm not even going to tell everyone who rich what richard kind's been in if you google richard kind right now everything. you're gonna everything. know immediately who he is but he's i love actors like that that it's a guy from the thing that i love oh the yeah. guy it came on that show. one movie that came out that one year the guy he did that funny bit with the guy in the movie that i love yeah so like, that's that, the career you want exactly you want richard kind's career correct any, any actor will probably tell you that um you want to be able to go to a restaurant with your family without you know being bombarded that's and still make a really nice clean living off it so make a wonderful living it's, yeah it's, absolutely it's, it's absolutely one, like, one of the greatest one of the greatest character actors in los angeles that i've ever met and i used to play cards with him and he was a good friend of mine he still is a good friend of mine is a gentleman named glenn morshower now glenn morshower was agent pierce on 24 yes Yes. Okay, um, the bald head, kind of bald, redheaded guy. No, exa- I've watched every episode of 24. I actually, in 2003, had a callback on an audition for 24. Amazing. I didn't, I didn't okay. get it, though. <laughs> you're, you're probably too tall for Kiefer, and that's another story. Um, yeah. <laughs> but but, but, but <laughs> insider baseball there, man. Yeah. Um, but like that was the only audition I've ever been. You're like, uh, you know, do the audition. Like, hey, how like uh, slit your name and how tall you are? Yeah, Mitchell Fink. I'm six foot one. Okay, thanks. <laughs> like, yeah, you click five seven. They're like, yeah, we're not working. You know, yeah, and Tom Cruise is only five six. All right, no, sorry, bro. Yeah, you're not working with him either. <laughs> no, but no. like, but Glenn worked on that show for seven years, and that was yeah. the first time people really kind of figured out who he was. But like, if you look at his resume, he's worked for yes 30, 40 years just in bit parts playing like generals, cops, sheriffs. And that well, dude, like it, it, if I told you, like you could have that guy's life to anybody, well, they would take it because he works. And that's all like, not everybody yes. gets to be the CEO. Like not everybody gets no. to be a series regular on the TV show. That's a hit. Like some yes. of you guys are going to be middle management or whatever. And you're just the guy who makes a really good living yes. getting to play, make believe. But because the outside world thinks that if you're not a star, you don't make a living. I'm like, it's you're not, crazy, man. No, it's not true. I mean, it's, it's, it's just this misperception, mis- misperception of the industry and of the working actor. That's what I call them as a working actor. And I don't mean it as an insult because they literally have to work their ass off. They literally have to no. do more gigs than a Brad Pitt. You know, Brad. It's a job. Pitt, yes, it's a job. Exactly. Like I would rather have your boy's career 
or Richard Kind's career than Brad Pitt's career. That's just my personal preference. If I would have still kept with the acting and all that, I would have rather had Richard yeah. Kind's career. Absolutely. Yeah, it's you can go out I've and seen, you can go I, out and nobody nobody messes with you. They're well, like, maybe, oh, you were great in that thing, and then they leave you alone because, like, are you really that important to take a picture with? Do your friends know who you are. I mean, like, I'm serious. Like, do, do your friends know who you are? Like, you know, do like if Andy, if I see a wrestler, like, oh, you were in that thing with the guy, and I loved it, and they're like, uh, but my friends don't really give a shit. So, uh, good to see you. Like, and you walk away. Yeah, and you can miss it like in a blink of an eye. Like on on, on the Dead in Santa Clara podcast, uh, we covered Zodiac in November. I, I was in it. I know. I know. I, I know. So like greatest audition story ever. Actually, I want I, I, I want. Yeah, we'll get in there. We'll get there. We'll get we're going to get there. I think I think that's going to be one of your most memorable oh, things. Yeah, we'll Amazing get to audition. That. I love that. Um, but yeah, I've seen you get shit on Twitter before. About yeah, another another bio says he's an actor. It's like, dude, just D list actor. I'm like, dude, I'm on the list, bro. You're not like exactly. There's, it's so goofy. Like probably my acting mentor, who I met my first job in L.A. when I moved there in 2002. I was a ticket seller at Universal Studios Hollywood at the theme park, and this gentleman came to the window. Um, I recognized him right away who he was. His name's Daniel Roebuck. Uh, he, oh God, yeah. he was in uh, yeah. Matlock. He was, in, he was everything. one of uh, everything. Uh, he really got notoriety where he got his first big break was in an eighties movie called the, the river's edge. I believe is what it's called. It's a good movie. I think I got that title, right? Um, yeah. But he was also in the fugitive. He was one of the, U.S. Marshals under Tommy Lee Jones' yeah. team. Uh, lots oh, yeah. of shit. He's worked a ton. Dude, everything. Yeah. He's like the quintessential working actor. Um, but he was the one that hooked me up uh, with my first acting workshops. I, I told him, yeah, I love your movies. And I, and I literally had just moved into town three weeks before that. Um, right. So getting the know. So I got an insight very, guess pretty much what I'm getting at is I got an insight into the working actor life and really that side of the industry very early on i was like damn yeah. that's awesome and i wish yeah. a lot of people realize that just because you just because you got a little part here and a little part there that's not a bad thing that's actually a i good think thing. i i think i tweeted something the other day like uh, james morrison who was on uh, yes. 24 yeah. as well he was the head of ctu man <laughs> He's he's an amazing human being. Great actor. And you know, yeah, great actor. Like, you know, and he tweeted something about the arts. And I just said, you know, this times hundred percent. I'm like, I wish actors understood or people in the arts would when you're young, it becomes this weird competition. Yes. And and what you realize as long as you're in it is truly like they write something. And I've had directors and friends and things tell me, like, you know, when you walk in the room, I look at you physically and I say yes or no. Like, is this, is this what we imagined it would look like? Sure. And if I say yes, I'm listening. If I say no, I'm not even listening. And then you do your thing and I'll listen maybe a little bit, but like, oh, good actor. I'll keep them in mind for something else. But like, they have an idea and like, yes, people here are like, oh, you change their mind. Like gets so few and far between like, 
most people now, like I go and the people I read with and the people I audition against and stuff like that, they're my friends. They're my peers. They're people yeah. like my kids, our kids play together. Like it sure. becomes this thing where like, you're a good actor. I'm a good actor. It's like professional athletes after the game when they say like, oh, I can't believe they're doing the jersey swap. Like it's the ultimate level of respect. Of yes. You're, you're a pro and I'm a pro. And the fact that I won today and you didn't, doesn't make you less of a pro yes it's the same it's the same thing with professional actors who are in the game and auditioning and booking jobs or not booking jobs like you could go for years without working it has nothing to do with your talent yeah and it's really a hard thing to take on but like it's it's such a weird business it is there's so the variables of how you get hired are so i mean i had a cup of coffee and even with having that cup of coffee I have so much respect for the working actors out there because I'll tell you, I tell this to people all the time. I said, there is literally thousands of people that you'll, that, that you'll never really truly know that are talented as can be. They're absolutely super talented. It's just such a cutthroat business. It's such a tough business to break into. The, it, the, 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 the line from being hired to not hired is like, you know, one of the greatest, stories i heard from a friend of mine who was shadowing a director on ncis mm-hmm. no i've done ncis new orleans yes the new orleans one nice <laughs> which was an amazing gig yeah like the whole thing but like i have read for ncis the original one probably 35 times wow i am like friends with the casting director like i have gone in there and been like terrible i've gone in there and been fucking amazing and been like how did you not hire me yeah and you know you know what they do to pick like guest stars like which is a really legitimate job like pays a yeah. ton of money for a absolutely week what a guest spot on a hit tv yeah like, show? like like yeah. Like, like top of show on cbs yes. like, on sunday night eight o'clock right absolutely they literally are like okay these are the three that we liked and they literally take your headshots and they put them on the floor and then they take a deck of cards and everybody has like one to five. I'm not kidding you. They I put know, down five I know, I, and and they, they literally like, like, like five people are fucking amazing. We can pay you a ton of money to work for four days in the next week and get to be on TV and tell your mom and dad that, you know, like, Hey, I didn't make a mistake going to do this. And they literally like, they, they put, they put headshots on the ground of the, of the top five or whatever. Yeah. And then every, all the decision makers get, five cards ace one ace two three four five and then they put the ace is the top card obviously and they put like their card on whatever one they like and whoever has the most aces gets the job gotta love that so so you're literally you're literally literally determining somebody's (laughs) like like mental well-being of like i got a job on tv down to like flipping cards on and like they're all good enough to do it Playing solitaire. Like, ah, that guy reminds me of my girlfriend. <laughs> yeah. That guy reminds me of my that guy reminds me of my brother. I never liked my brother. <laughs> it's such a wild business, man. It is. All respect to you, man, for for uh, fucking rocking it. it. it, it no, it's because I know. I mean, I do know. You, you, I, you, I, I like I said, I had a cup of coffee, and not to mention, even though I I only had a cup of coffee, I've got a lot of close friends of mine that are working actors and have been for a long time. So I know, man, yeah. I know, dude, just keep trucking, dude. Keep trucking. It's, it's, it's a, it's a blast. And I mean, like my wife is supportive of it. And, you know, you always got to keep money coming in, yeah. but you know, like that's what digitals are for. And 
you know, I've always got the, the, the Browns gig to fall. If I honestly, like if I went back and I thought about it a couple of years ago, like getting out of the business and going back into the, the sports world, like the, you throw like, Hey, I work for the Browns. Like people will at least talk to you. Like how did yeah. you get hired by an NFL team? It's such a cachet. Like the NFL yeah. is so big. Sure. It's so big. Yeah. So we'll speak kind of segueing back to the Browns. Yes. What about this 2020 season, bro? <laughs> Long time fucking coming. What the hell did it, what did it, it was the first playoff appearance appearance since you were working with the Browns in 02. Um, what does season mean to you, dude? Everything. Yeah. It was awesome. Wasn't it? I, all my numbers are with the Browns, man. Yeah. Like it's like, do you remember where you were? When they when they clinched against Pittsburgh, like I can remember sitting in the chair yeah. in my house. Oh yeah, it was at my dad's house. Yeah, and like you know, went over my dad's like I do every Sunday, and <laughs> dancing in the living room. And like my daughter's movie. like, "Go Browns, go!" And then like we're watching the game on Sunday Night Football, and like we're dancing and jumping up and down. My wife is like, sort of like helping my daughter stay busy and keeping her out of my hair, and like, <laughs> like how fun is that? Uh, oh, dude! Right? Like the first quarter of the playoff game was just. I had never, I had never experienced anything quite like that as a Browns fan. No, out of no. body experience. That's the only way to describe it. It's the only way to describe it. I felt like the Joker. I could not remove this goofy smile from my face because I. Now, I, where were you in the fourth quarter? I I was pacing around. Like not, the old <laughs> not the same old Browns. Not the same old Browns. It was the Fuck same old Browns. You Fuck same you. old. <laughs> this is different. Yeah, it's it's kind of amazing. Like we found, I I I think I'm I'm I think Baker's the guy. I I know there's a small contingency, and I, I mean, do too. I, I yeah, I mean I I'm convinced. Uh, we finally have a really really good head coach in Kevin Stefanski, and we have a GM that really seems to know what the hell he's doing as well, and Andrew Barry, and it's just like this all just it's all happened so fast, and it's all so surreal. I mean, Barry and company, I mean, they're killing it this offseason, man. They think, gotta... about, think about this is this is who they wanted. This is what De Podesta wanted yes. before they hired Hugh. Yeah. It, it would be it would be Sean McDermott. Yeah. And probably Barry Sashi, some version of that. Yes. But it would it would have been that. And yes. you know, that's what this is what they sort of envisioned was this sort of like thinking coach who was not was kind of like could be a football guy, but was open to looking at the analytics of it. Yes. You know, and and then, you know, Hugh's interview and, and again, like we, you know, Twitter went crazy with this. Oh and my like, God. I mean, <laughs> the, 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 to your point on Twitter, like I understand why KNR has them on. Like yes, nobody's stupid enough. Like I if Hugh Jackson calls, like I want to go on the radio, like dude, call up your advertisers. It's double today. Yes. Like we're going to get listeners. Like it's that's what the, that's what people just don't understand about that. Like people were beating up KNR. Like like I could understand if a podcast didn't want to have him on. Like I think that's what B said. That's what B said. The girls, the girl gang plea, they were they were supposed to drop an episode with with Hugh Jackson, but they canceled after the interview. And I don't blame them. Um, but these radio a, a ra- dude, it's all. The, the all the revenue is from fucking sponsors, bro. Please they don't make listeners. Money. Please don't make money today. Yeah, I mean, like don't. it's it's 
you know, I of mean, course like, they're going to let him on. And of course they're going to let him blabble for dude. That interview was 37 it was, minutes, bro. That's like it. That's like a three hour movie in radio time. Have <laughs> so, you ever, have you ever like seen any, I, I can't think of a, the only, I mean, and he didn't do this, but like the only person I could think of doing that would have been Rex Ryan. And he didn't do that. He kind of yeah. understood his lot in life. Yes. Who doesn't, who doesn't get that? He's like, what? what four five and 38 and one or yeah, something i mean like he, whatever the obsessed like it doesn't he's like, just obs- he, he, he he's just obsessed with the idea that that shitty run he had with us he the he's a he thinks the perception is that it's all on him well it, it kind of a lot of it is hugh but i i mean i guess at the end of the day like he was set up to fail. There is no doubt about that. But hang on, hang on, hang on, though. If do you think those teams in, in 16 and 17? Yes. Were better than one and 31. And 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 if you think Ooh. they're better, what was what was that number? <sighs> I mean, that those two, those rosters. Those were some we're of the bad. worst Browns rosters I have ever seen, bro. Wayne I mean, Bo they were just running out there collecting. They were chats, bad. Like. They, they 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 put poor Deshaun Kaiser out there with that with with no playmakers, suspect line. Okay, line. The line was actually okay. You had Joe and Batonio. Right. It was okay. Um, right. He had no weapons. The defense but like wasn't you had good. you had you had Crawl and Duke. You could have ran the ball. And you could have, but who you didn't run so, the fucking ball. <laughs> Okay, he so, wanted to sling so, it with this kid from Notre Dame that was nowhere near ready to play a Cody, NFL game. And then, Cody fucking Kessler, yes. baby. Dude, so I, I always said like, but I always go like, what what kills me with Hugh is this, is Brian Flores. Yeah. They kicked Brian. I mean, they literally <laughs> like, here, dude, here's a car. We're going to take the fucking wheels off of it go go win games and brian flores like cool i will they won like six games two years ago yeah that team was terrible they were like, bad you're starting you're starting left tackle gone yeah like, if you're was... gonna run out brock osweiler like whatever like <laughs> you know and he still won games i know no i mean <clears throat> i'm in no way sticking up for you i i don't I don't. You kind think, of are. You're a little bit like kind of a Hugh fan, right? I mean, like, I mean... no, I would probably put I, his personality didn't really jive well with me. He seemed like the kind of kind of a kind of backstabby. Yeah, he was always throwing yeah, dude, every week. He was he was throwing everyone under the bus, and he still is years later. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's nuts, dude. Could you imagine being a Could you imagine being a player for him though, and being like, "Is this dude really like legitimate?" Yeah, that's like, the going? thing. He, I gotta imagine he lost the respect of a lot of players in that locker room. I would think. I I, I I never heard a coach speak so candidly about throwing players under the bus. Any coach, not even just Browns. Any. It's the, Stefanski could have kicked Higgins so far under the bus after yep. the Kansas City game, and he kind of he, he referenced it, but he was like, yes. you know, we teach that in the heat yeah. of the moment, like he's trying to make a play. Yep, like he's one of us. Like we lost. That's the, the answer. That's the like, perfect I, answer there. But but when you're watching 2020 and how amazing 2020 was as a yes. fan, 
right? Like, I just think about, like, it sucked because of COVID. Do you know how bad I wanted to go to St. Felix? Oh, I can imagine, bro. I know, dude. And just sit there with my wife and even my daughter, like, you I know. know, for a, a, a you know, one o'clock game and sit there at 10 o'clock in the morning and, like, be able to be in that place with people who just truly love. I mean, like, people are willing to sit in a bar at 10 o'clock in the morning and root for the Browns. Yeah, I just thought of their candy, like, candied bacon Benedict. Candied bacon, man. <laughs> Dude, oh, that, that candied so bacon Benedict they have on there on the like the jalapeno corn muffin. Oh my god, get out it's of like here! Like a build your own Bloody Mary with like get, get out like twelve foot long like celery stuff <laughs> sticking out of it. So like, good. If you're in the <laughs> LA area, I think they're actually. I, I saw some some friends with John on they're John, probably. the owner on Facebook. I think yeah, they're they're all reopened now. I believe. You're in St. Felix on Colangon, Hollywood. Yes. Go to the St. Felix. And if you're a Browns fan, go to the St. Felix and just tell them you're a Browns fan. They'll probably give you a drink. Make sure you go to the one in Hollywood, though, if you want to go to the Browns game, because the one in West Hollywood (laughs) will not show the Browns game. You got to go to the one in Hollywood. That's an entirely different story. Yeah, that's an an entirely different part of town. Yes, it's definitely. Um, They're not showing the Browns games there, but they are showing at the one. I mean, like, you're watching 2020 and you're like, this is what it's supposed to be. But, like, how many times during 2020? I am. Were you watching thinking, when are they going to pull the rug out? Right. Well, I started to get nervous. I, I talked, I spoke, uh, talked with Jake a little bit. Uh, Jake Burns. A little How bit great is Jake? This. I mean, like, oh, Jake's the man. Knows, like, oh, I he's so feel... good at what he does. Uh, and he's one of the best in the Cleveland media, of what he does. Um, probably yeah. the best at what he does, in my opinion. Um, and not to mention, he's a pretty, pretty damn nice human being. Um, yeah. he, he said, um, I brought up, you know, week six against Pittsburgh. That was the first time I started to let some doubt creep in about Baker Mayfield. And I was really, that's when to answer your question that I thought the rug was about to be pulled. Um, I was very, what were, nervous. They, what were they, were they, were they, what four and two, right. Or four and three and something yeah i'm trying to think but he played really really bad in that game it was horrible he was terrible and the browns didn't play well i think they lost 38 to 7 or whatever it was and then he comes back the next week and has that nice comeback victory i think he threw for five touchdowns against cincy the very next week and the rest of the season after that week six he goes for 16 touchdowns and two picks so that was the moment i thought the rug was coming but once i started to see the progression of Baker Mayfield, all that doubt just left, dude. Like he was just like, he looked like a different quarterback. He was just calm. Where were you? Where were you in 2018? 2018. I was still in the Vegas area. Yeah. I was, I was so where, 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 but I mean, I, I may rephrase that. Where were you with the quarterbacks of 2018? Oh, in 2018. Um, I was okay. I, I was pretty much in a place where I'm just going to trust John, whoever John Dorsey likes. I guess if I had to pick one at the time to go back, I probably like Sam Darnold and this shows you how much I know. Um, I definitely did want uh, what's his face from UCLA. Uh, No, they didn't want to touch him. No, I didn't. uh, What the fuck? Uh, uh, Rosen. Rosen. Josh Rosen. Did not want Rosen. I was, I was open-minded to Baker and Josh Allen. If uh, pretty much, I remember I told my friends a week before the draft, look, man, whoever John likes, I trust this dude. I'm, I'm rolling with it. And that's pretty much where yeah. it was. I thought it yeah. was going to be, I honestly thought for there for a minute, it might've been Josh Allen, but um, I would, in hindsight, it's fun, dude, I I'd take Baker or Josh Allen right now. 
I don't do, care. Do you think though, but do you think any of those other guys, and this is an interesting thing. Like, do you think like, this goes like sort of, there are people in the world who are built to be number ones on a yes. call sheet, right? Like there are people that just walk in the room and you're like, I will follow that dude anywhere or that yeah. woman anywhere, right? Yeah. Like number ones on a call sheet. If anybody doesn't know, like you're the number one on the show, you're the lead of the show. Yes. And so much, it's, you're the one doing PR. You're the one in Good Morning America. You're the one doing all this stuff. That's a job that not everybody can do. No, it's not. Like, you can be a great actor, but there's a lot of other stuff. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I don't know if anybody else does that in Cleveland. No. You're what as you know far what I mean? as yeah no i i no i i the top of my head no <laughs> i just think like I, alan i think would have probably got pushed in around the same time that yeah you know baker did yeah right he probably would have he probably would have can you imagine josh allen's raw ass under at, hugh jackson and freddie kitchens my what? god Oh you're, my god. You're looking at like if he if he plays against the Jets and doesn't win, like they're now they're oh and thirty, yeah. whatever. Lamar, I just don't know like what they would have done with him. No. Rosen is I don't think very no. Rosen, I don't think is very good. And Darnold, I think, would have been in the same it's like basically the Jets times, you know, yes. the redo of the Jets. Yeah. There was something about Baker. I and I, I always wondered like to this day, I would love to be a fly on the wall with Andrew Barry and be like, what would you have done in 2018 if you were the GM? Yeah, I'd like to know, too. I honestly. I think it was I think it would have been Baker Allen. I do. I do. You think so? I think so. I do. I don't I, I know it wouldn't have been Josh Rosen. Um, Donald, maybe. Maybe, but honestly, I think it, I don't it's know. easy to say in hindsight. I don't know either. But if I had to guess, I would say Baker, Josh Allen. Yeah, yeah. Analyt analytics. The analytics people love Baker. They did. They loved Baker. Um, yeah, I just think he was kind of the analytics darling in 2018. He was. Right. He was. He was. Uh, and PFF so, like, loved you, you, him. Had, you still does. PFF <laughs> loved them, which yeah, they still do. I mean, like I yeah. think like. There's just something like really odd about that fit with Cleveland. I mean, like he was very confident that he was going to be able to turn it around. Yes. When he had that press conference at the senior or at the uh, combine, not the senior bowl. Uh, where right. he said, yeah. I'm the guy. I mean, I'm the guy to turn that franchise around. Like I heard people say that before, but it sounded different from Baker. That's when I started to become, cause I'm, I get all excited. I get all geeked out when I hear someone say shit like that about Cleveland. Of That's course. when I, it's, yeah. the, it, it, it's, it's literally like the tweet gets us meter.com. A hundred percent. Whatever that is. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Gets us, yeah, gets us 10 out of 10 on the gets us meter. Yes. Yeah. He gets us right. Like, you know, 100%, 100%. And, Oh my I just, God. it's such a, it's such a unique fit from a player to a city. And like Alan kind of fits Buffalo a little bit. He does. Like, He's just, a good it fit all there. makes sense. You know, it kind of like, does the way it worked out. It does. I just, I, I always wonder like, you know, Dorsey had the, the balls to pick Baker, which was really a, a you know, that was a ballsy pick. I mean, he was, it was. legitimately a good player, but I know, didn't think he, 
I truly did not these for what you just said, because he wasn't your prototypical six foot four guy. I envisioned Dorsey's guy being that being Josh Allen or right. Sam Darnold. I did. That's I thought it was going to be Darnold or Allen, not necessarily who I wanted. Right. Um, but I, I yeah, I, like I said, I was open minded to eh, right. except Josh Rosen. <laughs> I did not want Josh Rosen. Man. Holy fuck, man. Looking there's, forward. Yeah. There's a. I mean, you you lived here long enough in L.A. You know the drill. Like, oh yeah. I just never understood like the excuses for Josh Rosen. Like, the dude played at whatever school that was and won a you know won a state title in California, which is a huge deal. It is. And then went to UCLA and just like never did anything. No. Like no matter like no. the dude is like <laughs> literally the prototypical quarterback who never wins. Mm-hmm. He's like every he's Kaiser. He's Ryan Leaf. Every Ryan Leaf. He's just like he looks the part and literally throws a perfect spiral. But when everything happens, he just doesn't have it doesn't work. No, no. Baker is kind of like messy and weird and awkward (laughs) and like like just everything about him. He doesn't dress doesn't dress exceptionally well. Like he kind of always looks a little bit weird on press conference. Not gonna lie, I kind of dig it. He kind of fits Cleveland. Like I love sort it. Of like, like he's great. Like I I'm really always, like. To- I love it because I've always said, I said, if I became a millionaire, I would dress the same. Nothing would change. Like I wouldn't. I, I maybe have a nicer jacket that I would wear out. That's it. Shit like that. Maybe a, maybe an extra pair of shoes. Instead of he kind one. of fucked up though, and he kind of fucked up in 2019 though. Like he was a mess. Yeah, like you, shaving at halftime, like what brother, that, what are you doing? Man? That had to be some superstitious bullshit that he was trying to do. Yeah, you know how bad that had to been for. I mean, like with Freddie, <laughs> I can't even fathom. Uh, from what if anyone, if you hadn't listened to the episode three last week with Jake Burns, uh, one I did, on, which is get on yeah. that. Yeah, and Jake was leading to that fact that he pretty much he said literally that uh, he thinks that the stuff that he's heard about that tenure, that one year tenure with Freddie will come out eventually. And it's pretty fucking bad. Like it's, it's worse than, than we even all perceive at this moment. <laughs> yes. I, I've talked to some friends who still work in the league and like, that's the fortunate sort of like, I, I got into like really trying to grind, like look at stuff, but I'm just like, I'm a fan, you know, yeah. like my friends that work in the league, I'll call them if I have a question, but like, I have a couple of friends who work in the league and a couple guys on, on the player side that I, I know just casually, not like sure. tight, but like a couple agent friends and just, they're like that, like, what the fuck? Like, wait till you hear, like, they're like, you can't even believe it. How like, just like pop Warner level. Or oh yeah. Like just totally just cl- number one, clueless. And pretty much what I'm gauging, what I've gauged is, clueless unorganized uh no no discipline i mean that was the one thing that was so glaring that team was not disciplined at all the penalties dude it was ridiculous i'd never seen a browns team have and i've seen some bad browns teams we all have i had never seen so many goddamn penalties in my life yeah it was a think shit about, show it was a shit think show. about like <clears throat> the the whole um with freddie like I just, 
and 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 to be fair, like I will like the receipts are out there. Like I wanted Freddie. Yeah, a lot of people did. It made sense. Like I think Jake said it. Like, hey, like you know, I'll call plays that you like. Like I'll sit. Like I think remember Jake said it. I listened to it. He was like, like he did everything right, and then when he got yeah. the job, like he just completely forgot everything he did. And it's like I told Jake at the time. I, I think in la- and I didn't really elaborate last week, so I'll labor- elaborate a little bit more. I said it was bizarre. That I thought it was biz- a bizarre hire at the time. And really the reason being is he had never been a head coach at any level. He had never been an offensive coordinator at any level. Um, now, that that's not the end-all be-all. That's not. Um, special teams coach have turned head coach. Look at Mr. Yeah. Harbaugh in Baltimore. Um, you don't necessarily have to be a DC or an OC to be a head coach. I get that. Um, yeah, there you go. However, just based off those factors and how I noticed it in 2018 or yeah, 2018 is when I noticed it too. I felt like he was almost catering to the players too much. Like, like I felt he was trying to be more of Baker's friend than his OC in 2018. Mm. Like I saw that shit, dude. And in hindsight, I was actually pretty much dead. You're on. right. I was That'd dead on. Right. And that, it's not that I thought that to be fact at the time, but that's just kind of like the assumption I had and the, my presumption that yeah. I had of what was going down. So I thought it was a bizarre hire at the time. I understood it, and I good. I and look, I was like, "Let's go, fuck it." You know, hopefully this dude can dial it up and and build right. off what they did from last season. I guess I got to roll with it. And I I didn't like. I was hate there. It. Yeah, I was there in 2019 opening game Tennessee. I I flew oh. back. I, I oh. just finished all of all of my medical shit, and I flew back. And with my wife and my brother. I still have season tickets. So part of the part of the deal when I worked for the Browns was season, you had four season tickets as part of your deal. Okay. And when I, when I left, I sold two of them. I and you know we kept two in the family for the last however many years, right? Yes. And you know, so we went back and we ended up, you know, we sold those two. We bought two more because my brother and I went. My wife and his wife went. Uh, I was. You know, I was, uh, fuck you, not the same old Browns, you into it walking into the stadium. Um, I was, I was, I was pretty tuned up. Oh, and I got to tell you, what a sad when they day. scored that touchdown with Hilliard. I was like, yeah, we're about to just curb stomp the fucking NFL. And then I left going like, what the just happened? And it's something that whole year watching those games. You could just feel something wasn't right. Nope. You mean like when you have a chance to beat the Rams with under a minute left and you're 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 first and goal from the two or three yeah. two yard line yeah. and you throw yep. on all four downs, you don't give the ball to you don't, just, hand, and, and, you don't give the ball to Chuck once. And and also, but yeah, though that is that like also like, like I want you to think about like think about this, like like in an in, in Baker Mayfield's entire career. Yeah. Like he's never looked like lost. No, he, like, he really has. He he's had some bad games where he, where it just yeah. wasn't his day, but consistently but, looked lost. No, not really. Not really. 2019 I mean, is the closest thing I can. Cause there, 
but that was a game that was like what the fuck is he doing it was all i mean like it was just so bad i was like oh freddie i hate to blame it all on freddie but i don't know who else to fucking blame it on bro (laughs) and that's why like i i i stand for baker so hard like yeah because i think like i think he's really good and i think like 2018 kind of showed it like i i you know hugh is hugh and you're like what are you doing with hugh and Haley and firing and like whatever freddie came in and fixed it and then in 2019 they were like yeah ryan lindley's gonna be your quarterback coach and help you break down tape the dude's never been ahead never been a quarterback coach in the nfl and you're yeah. like you know yeah people can bust like the whole like you know brown's twitter is just a, is a minefield but i mean god god forbid <laughs> you get into an argument on brown's twitter but oh lord you know <laughs> and we and, we, and we've been in them oh and yeah we've been in them, like you know, pardon me like i i'd stay out of it now but like you know, the, the the conversations about like, oh, it's not Zampezi. It's like, but like having an adult in the room matters. Yeah. Like, and Baker's the kind of guy that like, I've always believed that like pro athletes are like really alpha people. Like when you're directing or when like, sure. if you're like on something, like I remember uh, Z- Zodiac's a great example. Like, you know, Fincher was really direct like super specific yes he and has that reputation bit, he has that reputation and, he does and, and he's and he's not nice like let's no he serious. has that reputation nice. too one of my favorite directors but yeah but he he's and it's not that he's not nice is that he's he's ultra specific and if right. you don't challenge his specificity with something as specific as he provides you you're going to be run over yeah and I, I worked on that for a week. I ended up making the movie in like the tiniest, tiniest, tiny. I mean, like if you find me in the movie, like kudos to you. Like, but I worked with Jake Gyllenhaal and like that dude was like, challenge me. Like he, and, and all he wanted was to know exactly what you wanted mm-hmm. and then listen to his point of view have it out and then do it. Yep. Like be consistent with me as an adult, as a professional. And something about that whole Freddie regime just felt like, ah, I'm going to let you do whatever the fuck you want. And unfortunately, like you're a 24 year old kid. That's I don't care who you are. You're going to kind of go sideways. Baker's not, I don't think any player needs coddled or I don't think any, I don't think it's beneficial for any player to be coddled. I definitely don't, and I definitely know Baker is one of those players, probably more than most. Uh, he's 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 someone that needs to be pushed and chat, like you said, challenged. Absolutely. I mean, he's been that's how he's been able to overcome his entire career, going back to college. Uh, is I overcoming. The biggest, I think the biggest misconception about high level functioning people, like and having, and again, it's not me, but like yeah. having worked with like really high level people on, yeah. on a couple of jobs, like. They're very good at what they do and they know they're very good at yes. what they do. And all they wanted of you as a leader, as a director, as a producer, as a writer, as a coach is to be consistent. Yes. And be specific and be direct with me. Be honest with me. If you think I suck on a take, tell me I suck on a take. Yeah, absolutely. Don't give me this roundabout like, hey, you're a great hey, actor. Let me that was you. That was pretty good, but I want a little bit. Maybe if you try. Yeah. Be direct. I be mean, blunt. Yes. I, I did a rehearsal with Andy. Uh, I did a rehearsal with Fincher on Zodiac and he literally looked at me. He's like, that's, that's your choice. <laughs> and I was like, 
Dude, I've been in LA for like two years, bro. Like, I'm green. I am green as like green as green gets. Yes. Like, I am like bright green. And he's like, that's your choice? Oh, my. And I was like, uh, well, I thought you would. He's like, yeah, I'll tell you what to do. Wow. You know, honestly. I mean, it, wasn't, it wasn't a great experience because I was like no. freaked out. But like. Well, yeah, it's David fucking but I Fincher, learned, man. Like, he fucking, but I learned, like, he fucking show directed up for, Fight Club at seven. I know. <laughs> like, like, show up and like literally go. Like, he wanted you to go like, I want to do this, this, and this. What do you think? And oh he could go, God. I'm going to do this, this, and this. Let's even for us, like a tiny, tiny, minuscule little part like that. And that taught me, like, you have to be so, and I, and you, you kind of correlate that to sports, these high functioning yes. individuals like Baker, like Odell, like they just want to know, they just want, I, I always believe like they just want you to be consistent, right? Be the same guy every day. Mm-hmm. Like shoot me straight. Even yes. if I don't want to hear it. <laughs> That, honestly, I would have I would prefer to be treated that way in either as a football player or as an actor. There's no doubt. As a human being. Yeah, yeah, like, you, I, well, yeah thank you. Absolutely. Like my wife and I have a rule, Andy. We we always ask we always tell each other, like when you ask, like, hey, can I ask you something? It's like, don't ask a question if you don't want the answer. Yeah. Like I'll ask, like, I'll, you know, I'll put myself on tape for something. Like the other day, I put myself on tape for a show. And I was like, "You want to watch it?" She's like, "Yeah, sure." Because I'm like, you know, I'm like, "Hey, tell me I'm great." And she's like, "She's like, yeah. wasn't great." And I was like, "Really?" <laughs> I would rather have that honesty than than bullshit any day of but, the week. But but now but now I know that now I know that she's like honest. Yes. Right. Like, and I can go. It's okay, I can bullshit. work with that. I yes. can work with that. Can't work with bullshit, bro. No, and that's Can't. you know, and you go you go back through nineteen ninety nine to two thousand and twenty. Look at how many coaches just fed bullshit. You know, know the quote: "You don't wear brown and orange, you don't matter." Like, oh, we're gonna do this. We're gonna be a team that does this. Like all, like the fact that Stefanski is so utterly boring is just so beautiful. great. He's so he. So, it's so funny in his press in Stefanski's press conferences. He's like a kinder Bill Belichick. <laughs> it's exactly i swear it's the same routine that bill does he answers the he's, same way he gives the same answers bill does except in just a more kinder nicer genuine way he he and andrew barry are like a public relations dream they, yes so so you ask a horrible question you're pick a bad reporter that cleveland media hates Oh yeah, and 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 there, there's a few, and I'm gonna need these, but like, you know, oh yeah, let, let, let's say, let, I, some yeah. of those are gonna be mentioned in our last final segment here of five random oh, ass gosh, questions. Please don't do that. For... <laughs> oh, it's happening. Um, they're great. So, <laughs> so you 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 know, <coughs> one of the most disarming things in the world is let's say you ask somebody a horrible question. Yes, and it's completely baiting, and everybody in the room knows you're baiting them. And he looks at you and says, well, Andy, that's a great question. And like, you can't like, you can't follow that because he literally addressed you by name. He didn't let you just be some faceless question in the, in the corner of the room. Right. He put you on, he put you on blast saying, Andy, you <laughs> asked that question as a public relations, like sort of like understanding that is so disarming. Yeah. To the person asking the question, sure. they don't feel like they can then challenge you. I get it. 
that's and wow. He, he 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 and Andrew Barry from a public relations standpoint are brilliant, are, aren't they? Brilliant. They yeah. are brilliant. Yeah. Because like no matter what do you ask him, he makes you feel like that was an okay question. Yes. Maybe. Yes. Okay, Daryl, that's a great question. So <laughs> you know, Daryl, you know, Daryl, that's a great question. That, <laughs> you know, you know Daryl, that's a good <laughs> He does say that a lot. Oh my god, you're right. Oh my! But, you know, Daryl, that's but, a great but, question. <laughs> but but if you're Daryl, oh my God! How do you literally? It's a it's a it's a it's a master class in, in it is a master class in public relations. I love it, dude. Andrew Barry and Kevin Stefanski are a master class in public relations. Peter John Baptiste, who's the PR guy, the, the media yeah. guy at the Browns, is, yeah. is amazing in his job. He's like one of the best. I've heard world. nothing but any nothing but good things about amazing the, about the guy. And and, and he has got to be so happy. When oh he, like, God! Goes makes, up it, there. makes his job so much easier. Are you kidding? They they literally disarm every horrible question with like a compliment. And like that's a really <laughs> great question, Andy. Thank you so much for asking me. Like, what do I think of the brown uniforms? versus the orange ones like i mean like, <laughs> that's a like, great you know, like, mitch that's a like great question <laughs> that's a great question but how do you get mad at somebody or come you back can't. at somebody when they're like you can't you can't it's impossible because he that... calls you by name <laughs> this <laughs> this is a perfect segue into the next segment. <laughs> yeah, let's do it let's do it let's this do is it. a perfect segue. as i do as we've done this is i episode... know i want to get in it this has been this is episode four and at the end of every episode we do five random ass questions and i have five random ass questions for our boy mitch here (coughs) excuse me (coughs) oh man cool i'll have to cut that out maybe yeah maybe not we'll let it fly um uh, five random ass questions all right mitch these can be anything they could be about the Browns. They could okay. not, not be about the Browns. They could be about anything. All okay. Right, I'm into it. All right. <laughs> Five random ass questions. Number one, you can go to a concert with one, go to a movie with one, and go to a ball game with one. Mary Kay Cabot, Tony Grossi, and Daryl Ryder. <laughs> you can go to a concert with one, a movie with one, and a ball game with one. That's a Cabot, question. <laughs> Mary Kay Cabot, Daryl Ryder, and Tony Gross. Tony Grossy. Good old Gross. Not even. It's, it's it's not even easy. It's not even hard. You know why? Well, okay. Wait, no, think... wait, no. You got to answer for ease. Which no? You. I want you to associate. Which one are oh, you going? To... Yes. Which oh. one are you going to a concert with? Which one are you going to a movie with? And oh. which one are you going to a ball game with? Oh, this is this is like what is it? Uh, Fuck Mary Kill, right? Yeah, exactly. Except I I, oh. I mixed it up a God. little bit. Oh, okay, so, wait, so okay, hang on. concert, movie, ball game. Mary Kay Cabot, Daryl Ryder, Tony Gross. <laughs> it's kind of a fuck question. I admit it, but I like it. Horrible. All right. Oh, it's um, terrible. That's the whole point of this. All right, let's see. Hang on. Okay, so okay, concert. Uh, Mary Kay, because her voice drives me crazy. So if it was loud, I wouldn't have to hear. Her. <laughs> like that would be further down. <laughs> um, so concert with what, Mary, okay. 
Uh, what are the other two ball game and what movie? Go to the movies. Oh God, uh, movies with Daryl because you nobody know wants to talk to Daryl. No, we're talking All right, and ball game. And then, ball game with Tony. Tony Gar- yeah, because I because I, I think like despite Grossy being like so bitter and angry, he's been around for so long, and a yes. ball game is a nice place to have like a. Yeah, casual conversation. Have a hot dog. Have a beer. Yeah. yeah, he's got he's got to have good stories. Like he's, he's absolutely to have a conversation. So yeah, that's that's okay. So that's it. Grossy. Good. Okay, number two, Th- three actors that you admire for whatever reason that could be. And I say actors. That can mean actors or actresses. I just never say actresses. I wish they'd get rid of that term because it's just I don't know. I they're all actors uh, to me. Catherine Hahn. Ooh. Uh, Catherine Hahn. Oh man. Um. Uh, Mark Harmon. Oh, ooh. Mark Harmon, huh? Some Mark Harmon yeah. love up in here. I like it. The best, the best dude in LA. Um, and <laughs> this is a tough one. This is you kids, but you, you, you kids better Google who Mark Harmon is. I know that, that's old school. <laughs> Yeah, I love Mark Harmon, man. 80s, dude? Come on. That's my 80s, dude, man. He's still going strong, too. Oh, that's a tough one. There's so many good actors. Um, Oh, I know. That's the whole point of this. You know, I think, like, (laughs) it's interesting. I I think somebody like, uh, oh, what's, I have no idea who I would answer. No, like, I I think, like, like, I love too many. I think, like, I think, like, like a Jason Bateman. That's a good dude. He's so talented, man. Yeah, because like he's done a lot and he's yes. been like he's kind of off the radar and got back on it. He did comedy, yes. and now he's doing dark stuff. And like Catherine Hahn is like one of the funniest human beings on yes. the planet. And Mark Harmon is probably the nicest person in Los Angeles. Perfect. I like it, dude. Yeah, I'm with yeah. you. The, dude, the, dude, those are great choices. No bullshit. All right, I love it. it, man. All right. Number three, your most memorable moment of your college baseball career. Man, it's a bad one. Um, when I—that's <laughs> a bad question, Andy. <laughs> no, 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 no. So I, I, uh, I lost. <clears throat> oh, it's a bad memory. It's a bad memory. So it's one of the funniest, craziest things that ever happened to me. It was like my junior year. I was starting. Uh, we we had just come off the College World Series. In oh shit! So, in, so in isn't that the first? So, that was Ashland, yeah. right? And that was the first. Right, right. Was, was that the first, first time? time. Ash, first time Ashland ever made the call. That's amazing. That's awesome. Right, and I I again I could hit anything. I wasn't very good behind the plate, but I could hit. <laughs> okay, that's usually and the opposite of the catcher. Usually, the only yeah. thing they can do is feel. They can't yeah, hit a lick. So bad, so <laughs> bad. And then like uh, my. My next year, my buddy, my best friend was uh, the catcher. So he ended up you know, being the starter. So I moved to first. Ah, that's what you do with a shitty defensive catcher. You put him, you put his bat at first. There you go. You, you didn't have to say shitty. I just had my no, fantasy baseball draft. Give me a break. No, it's 100% true. Um, <laughs> well, I know. And, and I remember we went to spring break and like, and we just came off this like really great season and we went to spring break and we just like imploded. We came back, we were like two and 11. Like we were terrible. Like we, we had like talent, but we were terrible. And yeah. I was, I think I was like second on the team and average and whatever else. And I got benched 
for the Ooh. first weekend, for the first weekend back, like just randomly. Wow. And it was one of those like odd, like it never got like it was it was a Hugh Jackson moment. It was like mm-hmm. you don't talk to the player and be like, hey, we're gonna try to switch it up. Like, even though you're frustrated, like, hey, at least be honest. Be straight with me, be like, yes. hey, I'm benching you. I literally went out to like batting practice thinking I'm hitting you know fourth or fifth and yeah. like fifth i think it was fifth you're getting you're going getting like, in you're getting in the mode yeah for sure and i'm and i'm not and i'm not in the line oh i'm sorry. so i sit so i sit for both double headers and the dude that plays in front of me just like lights it up it goes for like in two games goes like you know seven for nine like seven <laughs> rb like just just like, rakes <laughs> straight rakes yeah like of course right yeah. so like here, here's a lesson for all the young kids listening. Not, not pops thirty two, but like here's, here's a lesson for all the people with. Love you, pops thirty two. Still, still my number one. Give it twenty four. Like read the room. So we just got blown out in two doubleheaders, and I just got benched, and I'm livid. I'm yes. twenty one years old. I'm yep. two hundred fifteen pounds. I'm sure you were a competitor too. Test- just pissed. Yeah. And I went and I like approached the coach on the field after the game. And we got into it. And he was like, get the fuck out of here. I'm like, you go fucking suck Mike. Well, you know, and like yeah. I just went, I just went Ballistic. off. Yeah. And he was like, don't come back. I was like, what? <laughs> I just got thrown off the team. Oh no. And, and so literally I I had to go in to the office and like essentially kowtow and be like, Hey, I'm sorry. I want my, you know, please mm-hmm. keep my scholarship or whatever. And he was like, Nope. Wow. He, he was going to make an example of me. And he and I got into it. And I literally went, Andy, I went to swing for him. Oh, and, the assi- Lord. And, the, and the assistant coach grabbed me as I was swinging and did like it's hard like imagine like yeah. somebody with a right hand swinging and somebody catches grabs you and then pulls you really hard to the left yes so as i'm swinging he swings me to the left and i literally smack a wall with my hand shatter my right hand oh fuck me bro and i and i, and I end up getting back on the team like i end up getting my scholarship whatever but like i never got my strength back i never really like he got fired. The coach got fired halfway through the year for all kinds of crazy shit. But like that memory to me was like one of the biggest was like, okay, like, you know, probably not going to play again here. But I, that's the only thing I really remember, like other than like the stupid stuff that you did and all that kind of stuff, like, no, like, Oh, game winning RBI. It was just like, literally that was like the one memory, but that was also like one of the best life lessons of like, yeah, that's what I was just going to, right. Like that, that, to me, that's something that's going to stick with you forever. And obviously it has, it was the answer to the, to my question. And honestly, that like, I, I shattered my hand. I I had two, two pins in my right hand. And and to this day, like, I still remember like the look on his face when I came after him. Like, I was like, I'm going to like, cause it was just like, he's like, no, I'm not letting you back. It was just a whole thing. And it was an emotional moment. It was emotional moment. Yeah. You learn from it. You go, you learn from it. You you tell young people like, take a breath. It's not worth hitting something. And you're like, well, we've all, I don't care who you are. We've all had moments like that. And when, when those moments happen, it's the decisions we make after that and yep. how that affects our decision making for the rest of our lives it's called learning and it's called it's yep. called learning about life so no nah, man but that was that was the best thing that ever happened to me because that kept me out of baseball for a year got me focused more on academics okay and got me like kind of interested in you know 
doing okay. other things out because I, you know, you always think like, oh, I'm gonna make it, and like realize like you're not very good. Like, yeah, you're playing, in, you're playing in college, and after college, it's gonna be over, and you're gonna play in the softball league in Eastlake. Yeah. You know, yeah. that's what you're gonna do. <laughs> that's that's what I did. I, oh man, I love playing ball. I miss. I love it, dude. I do too. Yeah. I do too. It's my. It's it was my favorite sport growing up for sure. It's it was some the friends, man, the fun. It was so much yeah, fun. Absolutely. All right, man. I love that answer. I'm glad I asked that question. All yeah, right. Number good. four. Okay. I, I get into my listeners. I'm sorry that I always got to throw horror in here. Guys, I love movies, especially horror movies. <laughs> I mean, I co-host a podcast called Dead in Santa Carla. If you guys haven't checked that out, definitely do, man. It's links in the description. We have a blast. My buddy, Brian and I. All right, man. I'm a huge fan of 80s horror. And you were right. You were, you were, yeah, you're six years older than me, I believe. Like, like, like uh-huh. I said, I researched everything today. Um, All right. Okay. So I'm just going to give you two of my favorite eighties movies. And I'm curious if you'd seen two of my favorite eighties horror movies. And I'm curious oh. if you've seen them and if you like them and if not, okay. we'll go from there. Have you ever watched the lost boys from 1987 or a nightmare on Elm street from 1984? And if you, Oh, You've seen both, and of are you? Do you like those movies? Lost Boys, yes, yes, it's bad, is it? You know that's that's yeah. that's the reference to our podcast that the Dead in Santa Carla, the, yeah, the fictional town, the fictional fictional California town, the Lost Boys was Santa Carla, California. You, so the Lost Boys, uh, I worked with Jamie Gertz. Oh yeah. You did, didn't you? Yeah, she's good. I, I worked too. on. Uh, she's she's great. I worked. I worked on Still Standing with her, a sitcom, and it was amazing. She was like, "It's, it's weird because like you saw her when you were growing up, like on TV, but like yeah, no, she, Lost Boys is amazing. Nightmare on Elm Street was never. I never got super into that jam, but I totally watched it because it was like epic. 1980s movie like everybody oh, watched dude, it yeah. dude yeah. Lost, lost boys was badass dude like there's there's this shot and it, it, everyone always laughs about it but there, there's this scene where they're at the beach of this concert and this this the saxophone musician his name is tim capella tim capello and he's shirtless and he's so fucking jacked he's got this long greasy ponytail he's all fucking oiled up like a professional wrestler and just in the middle of this hip vampire 80s vampire movie is this guy shirtless just rocking out on the sex yeah i love that movie nightmare on elm street the original freddy krueger movie not a fan fan i i I like, but not like, not like I would remember. Like sure. I remember Lost Boys. I remember because it was Jamie Gertz and Jason Patrick and like, yeah, Kiefer, from Bill Ke- and Ted, dude, Kiefer. yeah, dude, Adam, like, Alex Adam, Winter, Alex Winter was like seventeen when they shot that. Uh, Kiefer was like nineteen. Yeah, they were all kids, man. <laughs> not to mention, it was the, it was the first movie that Corey Feldman, the two Corys, did together. Feldman and Corey Haim. Yeah, yeah like, it was the first movie they had ever done together. And like, and it's so funny because now because i'm old and like a suburban dad like we watch like you know my wife and i go to bed and we'll watch something and like we got yeah. into like our bedtime tv show was uh what's a, a cbs tv show called life in pieces right yeah and diane weiss yeah yep. was the mom was the mom on that show and i can't watch diane weiss 
and not think of Lost Boys. Of she course. Was so epically perfect as the mom in that. She movie. was. She was. Great actress. Great actor. I mean, man. she was she, amazing. Like, yeah, yeah no. Oscar I mean, winner, man. Yeah. I think she won. Actually, I think she, coincidentally, she won an Oscar, I believe, for Hannah and her sisters that same year, I think, in 87. Was pretty, it the same year? Yeah. I'm I think pretty sure. There. I'm usually good with names. So That's cool, good. man. Oh, dude. So, yeah, I, yeah. Love, I love that love answer. Her. I love that you dig the Lost Boys. Okay. Number five, uh, you might have already kind of a- answered this, but if not, and if so, just re-elaborate, <clears throat> re-elaborate on it. The biggest thrill you've had being an actor? Uh, God. First, I, two th- I, can I answer two things? The first yeah, was I, 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 do remember my, I do remember my first line on television. Okay. Um, I remember... One line, the comeback with Lisa Kudrow. To this day, anytime I'm on the Paramount lot reading for something, I will always walk by where uh, my trailer was and where we filmed it in the cafeteria. Like I just, you'll never forget that first moment of like legitimately that you know that that pure joy of being paid to be on television, even for one line. It was just stupid. And then um, my first big guest star. on tv was shortly thereafter i started kind of getting some work and i yeah. did this big guest star on uh on cold case Ooh. and yeah and it was cool um funny story the the lead girl of cold case Catherine morris at the yes. time no longer at the time was dating a guy that went to wickliffe high school oh no shit i grew up yeah, so like you know, like we, I met her in the I met her in the makeup room, and I never worked with her because I always I did the flashback stuff. But right, we we chatted about Wycliffe. She mentioned like Bob Evans, and I was like, God, that's like a random like Midwestern. Yeah, right? for like, sure. And um, that job was weird because I had left working in sports. Right, and here's yeah. my dad who says Oh, what are you doing? Like, you know, what are you, how could you give up working for the Browns and you know go all this stuff, right? my first my first big guest star on television i played a racist baseball player in 1945 oh wow but you had some fun with that but but like the synergies of like your past life connecting with what you want to do for a living and to this day if i could still use it i would but i'm way too old now but like for years I literally opened up the episode with like i'm gonna send you back to the cotton field you hear me boy like super racist yeah and they did this slow motion of me throwing a ball. And it was like, I let the ball go into like the lens. I remember how we mm-hmm. shot it and everything. And they did like a high speed camera and they slowed it down. So like, it's like they slowed up my wind up and it was like, you just let it go. And the ball came out and I look, I mean, it looked like a, like a, it was like amazing. Like, And that thing opened my reel forever. Like it was literally opening scene of my reel. It was like my name. And then like, me just throwing this baseball into into like a dark screen and that was it like that was the job i was like oh god i can do this i can show up every day and that do is job. awesome but, but like the correlation between like your past life as a base like you're playing sports and then working in sports and then ending up doing that job mm-hmm. on tv playing a baseball player dude so serendipitous bro so yeah it was so, yeah. and i'll never forget that like, we shot it in ontario at a minor league baseball stadium out there. I was late for a day of work because I overslept my alarm. I mean, I'll never forget. Like, I remember everything about that job. Yeah. Everything. The people, I'm still friends with, like, one of the guys that I worked with, I worked with his wife on Bosch. Got it. 
and he and I reconnected through that, like just because you worked together in like 2005. Yeah, that's crazy. 15 years later. Yeah, it's crazy. That's awesome, man. Not dude, man. Absolutely not. Dude, thanks for, uh, dude, those are some good answers to five random <laughs> ass questions, dude. That was, that was, I love this segment. I hope the listeners are li- liking that segment too. I've gotten pretty good feedback about the segments. Um, the guests seem to like them too. So that's, that's good. Mitch, it's a lot of fun. I, I, I hope I talked enough Browns for the, you know. Yeah, no, folks, dude, like, this is a jam-packed episode. We went over about. I'm 20... not Jake Burns, man. No, I'm dude, we, we, we went a good 25 minutes past Jake Burns. Um, we went I love, 20... I, but I, yeah, I, I wish I could offer more football stuff, but it's no, stories but, in life, man. But again, Mitch, this, that, that comes back to what this show is. That's why this is not the same old Browns podcast. This is different. We're going to, I'm going to have episodes like this. Yeah. Next week, next week, guys, we got Hayden Grove from cleveland.com coming on someone who, do you, you really? Know, yeah. He's coming on. Hayden's coming on with us. So, you know, like it's, I, I want to ask it up. him about Mary Kay. I I'm, I might. <laughs> I might. I like, I like Mary Kay. Um, I know you do. You're like, you're, you're literally I, I defend her. Switzerland. You literally become Switzerland. I call her Aunt Mary on Twitter. She probably hates my guts, but it's fine. I call her Aunt Mary. I'm (laughs) terrible. Anyway, Mitch, my dude. um, I appreciate you, man. No, I appreciate you, man. You're you're a good bud, man. I had a blast watching those most of them being very (laughs) shitty Browns games with you. Uh, a couple good ones, um, but for the most part, they were probably not that great. But I'm glad I met you, my dude. Um, I'm glad you survived I'm... cancer. We didn't even touch on that, but uh, doesn't matter. It's in the past. Yeah, I'm glad that uh, you're healthy and um, you too, man. Yeah, too. Ab- absolutely. Get rid of that kidney stone. And... <laughs> Jesus Christ, the fucking boulder in my fucking kidney. <laughs> Here we are, a couple of senior citizens talking about our health issues. <laughs> I know, I know, I can't, I can't. But dude, where where can the fine folks uh, listening here find you, my dude? Uh, I am on uh, I am on Twitter at at uh, the Mitchell Fink, which I always regret it's Steve. I don't know why I did that years ago, but I did it. Uh, I'm at Instagram at the same thing, the Mitchell Fink, and uh, DMs are open, man. I, yeah. I um, you know, I I I love connecting with with folks from Cleveland, even if I, if I don't follow you back, DM me and say hit you up, and you know, follow me back. I, I have no ego about any of that stuff. I. Um, I'm probably too political for some folks, but disagreement's healthy. And, um, you know, I'm happy to have those conversations, but yeah, I'm on, uh, on Twitter a lot on, on Instagram and, uh, more Browns fans than merrier, man. It's always good to have friends, particularly on game days. There's nothing better than watching that feed just go. It is, man. It's the, it is, it, it is great. I'll put uh guys, I'll have Mitch's, uh, I'll have Mitch's Twitter, Twitter link in the description along with his, if you want to maybe scope out some things from work he's done as an actor, I'll put his IMDb link in the description too. Mitch, my dude, thank you so much, thank man. You, Glad you, to man. call you a friend, my friend. And um, my friend, my friend, you know what I meant. Um, I got you. <laughs> thanks for coming on. Fuck and- you. <laughs> this is not the same old Browns podcast. All right, guys, we'll see you next week. We're going to have Hayden Grove on from Cleveland.com next week. Um, Until then, I will talk to you guys on the next episode. Go Browns, baby.